Sure, that was really cool, huh? Oh, it's so good to be back. Uh, and the presence isn't like the same like in your lounge or your bedroom. <laughs> uh, usually, usually. Yeah, so good to be back in the presence of the Lord. And thank you to the worship team. That, uh, that was really, really amazing. Thank you, Lee. Um, you did a great job. And the rest of the guys. All right, um, let's bring up Matthew uh, chapter 12, uh, 46 to 40. And uh, let's have a go. Let me just pray for us, Lord. I just pray right now, Father, as we gather around your word, that, Lord, that you speak to every single one of us. Uh, some may feel the message is more for them this afternoon, but I just pray for all of us, Lord God, that you would move us forward in some way, that you'd unite us as a congregation, that those in the outskirts may feel drawn in, Lord, and... Yeah, bless your word, we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Matthew twelve, forty six to fifty. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers. Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here, this is the key part. Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. So the Greek word used here for brothers and sisters is adolfoi. Now, Adolfo comes from the Greek word delphus, which means womb, or of the same womb. And what I wanted to put in front of us just at the start is we've all been born into a natural physical birth from our mothers. But as you become born again, you get born a second time as Jesus presented the concept to Nicodemus, who was pretty freaked out by the concept, you actually get born of another womb, and it's the womb of the Holy Spirit. And we see from the scripture that Jesus is alluding to a contrast between physical brothers and sisters and family and spiritual brothers and sisters and family, and seems to be alluding to the fact that the spiritual brothers and sisters and family are possibly more important. Not always, or maybe that's for another preach, but there's a huge amount of weight that Jesus is putting on here on my brothers and sisters and family. And as we sit here, if you've given your life to Jesus, you've been born of the same womb spiritually that I've been born of. We share the same womb, the same Delphus. And because we share the same Delphus, the same womb, we are called the Adolfoi, which is normally translated as brothers and sisters. It's really important that we get that concept because if we don't, 
we don't actually grasp how strong our bond is. We all know the strength of a physical bond. You know, everyone says blood is thicker than water, you know? But Jesus is saying, guys, there's a spiritual blood here that is very, very thick. And that's what joins us together. We are are all of the same womb. It's as if we share the same father and mother. Not father and mother, but we share of the womb of the spirit and share the same father. So here's the issue. And I feel like this was the word that the Lord gave me for our church to grasp it during these COVID times when there's you've got to be extra intentional in this area. And I thought back to when I was first born again and processing this. And some of us are born well into Jesus, but some of us are not born well into his body. And it's not from a lack of what Jesus did, because I've already said we've all born of the same womb. It's somehow... Some of us, or maybe all of us to maybe a tiny degree, we love Jesus, but sometimes we don't always love the church. And we need to first understand that the church, that's us, the ecclesia, the gathering of the saints, is his body. And we see that from Colossians 1.24 in the NLT. I'm hoping Paul's got the NLT here. I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I'm completing what remains of Christ's sufferings for his body, the church. So it's hard to love Jesus and ignore his body, the church. And then even more so, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, talks about this concept of immersion into his body. And it says, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles. In that context, that ancient context, uh, that was relevant. We were all different. You know, that's the principle still is the same. Some were slaves, some were free. But we were all have been baptized into Christ's body by one spirit. Now, that word baptism in the Greek is baptismo, which is immersion, complete immersion. That's why, please, if you're getting baptized and your left ear or the top of your head doesn't go in the pool, just ask for a refund or a, re, a redo, okay? Um, I'm kind of kidding. You know, the Lord sees. I've seen some guys being baptized, and I went, there wasn't full immersion, but that's fine. It, it, the heart was there. But the, the principle is full immersion. And this scripture is saying that we need to be fully baptized or immersed into Christ's body. Now, don't get too spiritual about that. That is the church. As much as we baptize and immerse into Christ individually and alone and privately, you also need to be immersed into this context. Can you see that scripture there? Baptized into his body. If that doesn't happen well, we will see a constant independence from the rest of the body. And these type of things test us the most. We all have to be extra intentional during COVID times to Zoom times to push into the body. Because I tell you what, it's harder than ever to fulfill this scripture. Harder than ever to be immersed. I feel super alone sometimes. I don't feel immersed. 
But I've got to say, I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be immersed. I've got to do something. I can't not be immersed. And that's why we fight so hard to meet like we're meeting now. Even if it's 50 and masks, we're grateful to be able to be immersed here. This is God's will for us. For those of us struggling, and I remember my early days of being born again. At 18 years old, being a surfer, punk surfer, attitude, pot smoking, swearing, cool was king, coming into church and facing the already experiencing the immersion of Jesus, but now having to experience immersion in his body. It's almost like it's two separate things. You know, some people say baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate event. It's debatable. For me, it was the same time of salvation, but others I've heard differently. But for some people, it's almost like it's a separate thing. Some people, they get saved into Jesus, and immediately they're in the body, and it just feels... And some people are like, I love Jesus, but this group of people, I'm not so sure about. I'll give a little, but... Can I be immersed into the church as much as I know I'm immersed in Jesus? Because they are the same. The scripture is telling us to be immersed in the church. So I find the coolest little picture, if uh, you can bring it up. And it's a picture of something called being engrafted. And what you see here is a cherry branch being grafted onto a cherry, a small branch on a cherry stem. And this is uh, called grafting, okay? In, it's a gardening term. Has anyone done grafting? And go- okay, Lee, of course, and Chris, okay? Um, it doesn't surprise me at all. It sounds very hard, and I know those guys are very practical guys. So, he has the gardening definition of grafting. So keep that picture up. Grafting, this is from the gardening book, okay? Grafting is the act of placing a portion of one plant, picture yourself, bud or skion, into or on a stem, root, or branch of another, which is also called the stock, in such a way that a union will be formed. And the partners will continue to grow. So you're going to see that it's a completely different branch. That was you. And this stem here is the body of Christ. And you were grafted on. Now, just a few observations on the picture. Notice that the bark has been removed on both the stem and the branch. It's not a hard bark to bark. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heart to heart. It's the, the, the art has been laid. It's like when we get grafted into the church, it's like the insides are got to touch the insides of the other. And I think that's why ingrafting is a beautiful word that the Bible says. And then over time, you can actually remove that banding and it's completely joined. It's almost like that first 24 hours, 48 hours a week, two weeks, however, a month, whatever. That's what it looks like when you join the church. And then eventually, as you allow the, your heart parts, the inside parts to touch 
the inside parts of the church, as there's heart to heart, that eventually they grow together, they form one union, and you can remove the banding. Now some guys, and I've seen this, I've been in the church for 30 years, and I've been susceptible to it too. Some guys are there, some guys like the branches, like sitting next to the stem, and some guys, it's fully made a union and it's done. And the Lord's will for every single one of us is that there is a full union that the bands can be removed. That sap grows into sap. And Romans eleven nineteen says, it's talking about, it's a little bit out of context, but the principle is still the same. It's talking about the Gentiles, that's non-Jews, being grafted into the line of Abraham because Abraham is our spiritual father. You will say then branches are broken off so that I could be grafted in. You've been grafted in to the body of Christ. The Bible says that he puts the lonely in families. Psalm 68, 6. God sets the lonely in families. You may not feel lonely, but I'll tell you what. Outside of the body of Christ in the world, deep inside every guy in the world knows it's more. I'm just skipping over a whole bunch of notes here. We must thus be committed to family. And I actually thought, and please forgive me for this example or analogy, I actually thought of the mafia. Because the mafia is committed to the la familia, the family. And we know those guys are committed to one another. And besides all the violence and mayhem, you can take that part out. We should be like that. The family, we, we committed to one another. There's something special about the family. La familia in Italian. And to take from Italian culture, because I was reading about it, I myself, my father's from Portugal, Portuguese. Is Mark still here? Um, but she'll be nodding her head as uh, that's her heritage is family is super strong. One Peter, okay, let me do this one first. Jesus said his last serious command, you could see it so in his heart in John 13, 34, don't put it up. But we know that just before Jesus went, he was talking about loving one another. Love one another as I have loved you so that the whole world will know that, that you belong to me. It seemed like such a, big thing on Jesus' heart before he went, that we would love one another. Like he's leaving earth and he's like, final commandment, guys, love one another. Obey my commandment. I did that in the last preach. If you remain in me, you obey my commandment. This is my commandment, love one another. And if you don't, haven't watched that preach, just download it. It's available. It's like it's on his brain. He's like, guys, we're one body, one family. We have one womb. We're Adolfoi. From, from Delphus, one womb. Love one another. Be of one womb. Be engrafted. Become a full union. I, I tell you right now, having been in the church for so long, I'm not just necessarily thinking about this group or congregation, but having been in the church for so long, I'm 30 years, I've seen guys not get grafted in. And they love Jesus. But they don't get grafted in. 
They're just like, I love Jesus, but I don't, this church, or, or the church. And do you know that a third of the church in America has been lost during COVID? One third. Not even online anymore. That's Bonia, Bonia Research Group, Christian group. One third gone. I love Jesus, but this church thing. You know what? If Zoom is the only thing we've got, hang on to Zoom with your bare hands and white knuckles. Because there's the union, the nourishment. Don't go renegade and independence. Well, I love Jesus. There's two things that have to happen. The union with his body has to happen too. Baptismo, immersion. Is that making sense? 1 Peter 2.17 says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood. That word for brotherhood there, Adolfoi. If the ladies are getting nervous, remember, I've got to be a bride, okay? You can be a brother. But the words are very similar. Brother is Adolphos and sister is Adolphae. Very similar. Love the brotherhood. Romans 12.10, and Andrew talks about this all the time. Be devoted to one another. That means devotion to the body. I don't skip meetings. And if you think that is just a modern day problem, how's Paul 2,000 years ago? Hebrews 10.25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This is not a new problem. It's not a COVID problem or any other problem. Paul was, Paul, when Paul wrote that, he's like, John's not here, Bob's not here, and Phyllis is not here. As are in the habit of doing. Go find them. Go encourage them. Go give them a call. Is that making sense? I've got one more chapter. I don't even know if I'm going to want to do it. Okay. I'll skip the whole section. Let me finish land with this here. You might be thinking, just to clarify my point four, I talk about how wonderful the body of Christ is, or should be. That it, it should be an environment where we're loving and accepting and do not show favoritism. And I've got loads of scriptures on that. And after this chapter, because I'm summarizing, you might think to yourself, where is this wonderful group? Because I want to join it. Because I don't really see it on Sundays. Where is this incredible, wonderful, loving group? And the reality is there isn't one. There's no perfect church. There's no place where you're not guaranteed that you'll be hurt or disappointed. Or And the classic story is the story about Believing that possibly there is a perfect church that you can join. And often hearing that 
and I've heard this before, that if you find a perfect church, the moment that you join that church, it's no longer perfect. If you're anything like the rest of us, we've all got our stuff. But there's the story about the man that was shipwrecked on the island, deserted island, by himself. Three years later, he's saved. And the saviors, the guys that came on the ship or whatever, arrive on land and they see three buildings. And they're curious. So they said, what is the first building? And he said, this building is the place where I reside. This is my residence. And they said, and the second building? And they said, the second building is the church I attend. And they said, and the third building? Remember, he's alone. And the third building? That's the church I used to attend. And that's the reality is that there is no perfect church. And sometimes we are our own worst enemies. All of us just get married and feel the back and forth in marriage. And you know that sometimes, you know what, marriage and child rearing can expose some of the worst parts of you. Everyone thinks they're a legend before they get married. Where that were married guys. Yeah? You all thought that you were so perfect. And then you realize after you got married that you suck, that you're selfish. But the Lord uses it. All right, let me close. If you've never opened up your heart to the church to be vulnerable, possibly hurt, but to grow together with a bunch of other imperfect people, I would encourage you to make that decision today. Stop being what we often refer to as an orphan. You're a son now. You're a daughter in the house. Throw yourself into his church wholeheartedly. Join with people honestly and transparently. And I'll close with this. You've actually joined a country and you have a spiritual passport written in his blood. Some of you may have never used that passport. You linger around the borders of the country looking in longingly, but you haven't gone across the border, immersed yourself in the culture, flavors, and foods of that country, sweated and bled for that country. I just ask you to stand where you are and let's, let's pray. I really encourage you to do that today if maybe you were before COVID well engrafted, well immersed. And maybe through the ravages of COVID and Zooming and all the rest, as in the American church, has lost a third. Maybe today is the day you need to go, I need to get baptismo again. I need to get immersed in the body again. Or at least I need to make a pledge today to be immersed afresh, even if it's Zoom. I understand that that is God's will for my life, that I can't just love Jesus. I've also got to be immersed in his body.